This is September the 17th. It's my birthday, by the way. Amen. Thank you. Uh, I'm 54, and this is the year of the open doors. 54, and it's the year of the open doors. Um, this is, on the Hebrew calendar, this is, uh, we go by the Roman calendar, of course, but on the Hebrew calendar, this weekend is Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year in the Hebrew, the Jewish um, and this is the, actually the year 5784 in uh, the Hebrew. And it's, do what? <laughs> yeah, no. 5784. And so it's the year of the open doors is the word. And we have a, uh, something that we do here at Harvest Fellowship Church. Most of you know this. Some of you may not. But every October, we have guest ministers come in here. And we kind of use the whole month of October as harvest time is what we do every year. And so you'll see flyers posted up here at the church uh, who we have each Sunday. And I just want to plug harvest time before I show this video. Revelation 3.8 is our scripture for this new season that we're entering. We're entering that this weekend. Actually, Rosh Hashanah started on Friday night at sundown. And Revelation 3.8 says this, I see what you've done, now see what I've done. I've opened a door no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength, I know that. You used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. And that's Revelations 3.8. And so this is Harvest Time 2023. It'll be every Sunday during um, October, starting here at the church at 10.30 a.m. The very first Sunday, I'm so excited about this, but we have our very own Luke Ward uh, kicking off Harvest Time. Yeah, I'm so excited. And he actually, that's where Mark and Carrie, I said this last Sunday, and we prayed over them and over Luke, but last Sunday, he brought his first message ever, and just they said he just hit a home run and just ministered the word of God. And Mark said, I could not believe it. He's like in his element, and God's called him to preach. And Kerry was reminding me when he was a little bitty baby. And uh, the first time I saw Luke, is it, not the first time I shouldn't say, but when he's got old enough to start, to start talking, he looked at me one day and was just babbling. And I told, I told Mark and Kerry, I said, this little guy's going to be a preacher one day. And here it is. And so he's going to kick off harvest time um, that Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. He's also going to lead worship that Sunday as well. And then the next Sunday, we have Ty Barker. Uh, he's a guy that I played uh, baseball with uh, back in the day, back in the day, a long time ago. And he's, uh, he pastors at, um, he's an executive pastor or on staff at Victory Christian Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Him and his wife, Debbie, will be here. October the 15th is somebody that I graduated with. Uh, we give into her ministry. She's a, 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 she has a Jewish ministry, and she lives in New York City right now. And there's a lot of Jewish people that live there, and she's really bringing them the gospel. And so she'll be here with us on that Sunday, October the 15th. October the 22nd, everybody loves Cami Cantu. So her and her husband are going to be here, Manny. On that Sunday, you don't want to miss any of these Sundays. And then I'm going to try to wrap it all up the last Sunday of uh, October, try to do a summary of what the Holy Spirit spoke to us. And so I've sent him this, and I've told him, guys, the, the word that we're declaring over our congregation, over our church family, is the year of the open doors. But I want you to bring whatever the Lord puts on your heart for us. And so they're praying about that, and I've been getting texts from all of them, and they're excited, and it's going to be a, a great time. But as I said, this is the year 5784. This is Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to show this video, and this video, let me uh, cue it up a little bit. This is a, a Jewish rabbi that breaks it, d just explains in a real short what 
what Rosh Hashanah means to the Jewish people, what it means to us. Even We're Gentiles. We've been grafted in. Amen? And so I want you to listen to this, and then we're going to get into the Word this morning. On Rosh Hashanah in biblical history, some very important events happened. This is the time when Abraham and Sarah conceived Isaac. It's the time that Rachel conceived Joseph and Hannah conceived the prophet Samuel. All those things happen on this day, which is no coincidence. I think part of it is because Rosh Hashanah is actually the birthday of creation. It's the time when God created Adam and Eve actually on Rosh Hashanah, which again makes sense because one of the main things we do on Rosh Hashanah is we blow the shofar, we blow the ram's horn, and the blowing the breath to make the sound of the shofar kind of reminds us he breathed into Adam, he breathed upon these matriarchs so that they were able to conceive. And I believe that it points to the fact that Rosh Hashanah is a time of new birthing, new beginnings, new blessings that God wants to bring to our lives, just like he did for them in days of old. He wants to do the very same thing for us right now. This is a season of new beginnings, of new blessings, and of birthing new things. So now you understand what Rosh Hashanah means. And I, my, my message, um, something I'm going to focus on and something that he said is where um, Joseph was conceived, okay? And so we're going to look in the life of Joseph today, and, um, and I'm going to get into that here in just a second. So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 45 and Psalms chapter 91. I always like to make you turn to something. If you have your smartphone, you can do that. I, I will put, uh, I'll have more scriptures, of course, if you know me. So I'm going to have more scriptures up here, but that's the main two passages that we're going to turn to today. And so that kind of tells you what Rosh Hashanah is. And a very important um, passage of scripture as we enter this new season of God um, God, and it's, it's amazing when you look back, um, you know, 5784, but God moves according to his calendar. He really does. If you, if you know the Old Testament and the feasts and all that, we're going to hear the feast of the trumpets, and we're going to hear an angel blow a shofar, and it's going to blow us plumb off this planet. Amen? And it's going to be amazing. And if you've ever heard somebody that knows how to blow a shofar, if you don't know how to blow it, it doesn't sound very good. I'm just going to be honest with you, okay? It's kind of like playing a violin. If you've ever heard somebody play a violin, they don't know how to play, it don't sound good. But if you, hear, you know somebody that knows how to play a violin, it's amazing. And so when you know somebody that knows how to blow the shofar, I'm telling you, you'll get Holy Ghost goosebumps. And the reason why you get them is because I believe that's the same sound we're going to hear from an angel blowing the trumpet of God. And so and that's soon to it could happen today. Amen? And so, but there's a... There's a, there's a passage in Acts chapter 10, and we're not going to turn there, but I'm going to just refer to it. And this is where it was Peter's vision, if you know the, the word. It was the vision of the, the sheet coming down from heaven. And, and through this vision, God spoke to Peter and said, I want you to go to Cornelius' house to bring the gospel to the Gentiles, which is us. Thank God Peter obeyed. Okay? And... 
And so what it did was, whenever he obeyed that vision, it opened a door to further the gospel to the Gentiles, which was us. And through that, what I want to tell all of us as we enter this, this next season, as we're entering this season right now, don't call any person unclean. Mark Ward and I have been talking about this. We're living in a society where we're, we, they've called it cancel culture. God don't cancel people. God redeems people. God's in the redemption business. And I'm going to tell you this right now. You can't believe what God can redeem. It's amazing what God can redeem. And so the, in this season, though, I'm going to call it, there is a little caution here that I'm going to put with this this morning. Um, and I encourage people to listen. Don't just listen to me and don't take my word for it. Get into the word for yourself. I encourage you to, if you have you know, other pastors, other ministry leaders that you listen to. But I, I want to say this, and please hear me. Be sure that they're speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love, that they're, it's according to the word of God, and they're not just being politically correct. Because we've got a lot of PC preachers today, politically correct in the pulpit. That's not going to get anybody set free. You know what? That's it's going to fill the pews. That's going to keep the offering plate going, but it's not going to set people free. God's all about in the redemption in the redemption business. He wants to set people free. So be careful who you listen to. And there's a whole lot of slick orators out there, really slick. All the lights and the in the smoke and all that kind of stuff, you know, and everything in the big screens and and stuff. But be careful who you listen to. Make sure they're speaking the truth. Okay. Now, I'm going to just give you a few things about open doors before we get into this message. Um, if you're taking notes, you might. And, I, and I'm just going to say this because you're not going to be able to keep up with me because I'm going to be sharing a lot this morning. I'm going to blow you away this morning, right? My shofar is going to be blown this morning. So, but I will, I'm, I will send you these notes, all right? So you're probably not going to be able to keep up with me because i got a lot to give to you this morning. Open doors, here's the first thing about open doors. Open doors can seem obscure and meaningless, and can be overlooked, okay? So when you're looking for that open door, um, be praying, be spiritually sensitive. This goes to number two. Some open doors aren't glamorous and are unseen or hidden, and they can only be perceived by those who have discernment and are in the spirit, okay? So we're entering this season. I'm just going to give you some things about open doors. Some, and here's number three. Some doors are not God-appointed doors, so be vigilant and not fleshly. Just because they're offering you the big bucks may not be it. Don't, don't just be lured by the things of this world. Well, it's, you know, they're, they're going to raise my salary. They're going to double my salary, triple my salary, or all that. That's all fine. That's all great. But don't be led just by that. Make sure you're hearing the Holy Spirit. Okay? Everybody understand that? Yeah, and God does want to bless you, and that may be the right thing for you. But I'm just telling you. Use grandma and grandpa's wisdom and sleep on it. And what that means is pray on it. Don't make rash decisions. This is not a season to be making rash decisions. All right. And I'm gonna, since we're going to be talking about Joseph, I'm going to tell you something about Joseph. There was a door that was open to him that he could have went to the top in a fleshly way, and that was when Potiphar's wife made her advance on him. And he said, that's not the right door, and he shut that door. In fact, the Bible says he ran. And he waited on God's timing. Okay? So be vigilant and not fleshly. Number four, some closed doors can appear like the end, but it's just the beginning. Some of you are experiencing that right now. You're just thinking, this is the end. 
end of my career, end of hope, end of everything. Uh, some closed doors can appear like the end, but it's just the beginning. Number five, trusting God's timing for the open door. And that means this is a season, uh, even though I know God's going to be doing a lot of things suddenly and, and, and quickly, and I love it when he does that, but you also need to be patient and wait upon God and make sure it is the Lord. So trusting God's timing for the open door. I'm going to be sharing a lot of things today just to the cue you in if you've never been here before. Um, I just want you to clue in the Holy Spirit and, and say, Holy Spirit, I want whatever Pastor Mark says through his mouth today, whatever's for me, I want to receive it, okay? Because I'm going to be sharing a lot. And it, just, just, it may be just one thing that you're here for today, and, I, and I'm praying that we all hear it. Number six is since this is the decade of the 80s, and I'm not talking we're back in the 1980s. I wish we were. You know, that's where I grew up. I graduated in 1987. I'm an 87 model. But I love the 80s. I even still like to listen to the music sometimes. Don't, don't throw stones at me, okay? Sometimes I'm driving around the road, and i got to hit 80s on 8 and just worship. <laughs> just sing a little bit. Uh, but we're at 5784. We're in the decade of the 80s, and it's the, the Hebrew word pay, and which is the mouth, the Hebrew word pay means the mouth is declaring the word of God is paramount in this season. And if you want to write a scripture down for that, it's Job 22, verse 28. And it's just talking about us. We need to be declaring the word of God over ourselves, over our families, over all of our situations. And everybody said, amen. That's just a little tidbit on the open doors. Now I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 45, and we're going to get to verse 4. And... Um, and we're going to read down through verse 11. And this is this, if you don't know the word, this is the story of Joseph. And when he has finally went through, his brother sold him into slavery. Um, he uh, was a servant in Potiphar's house. That's when Potiphar's wife made her advance on him. The Bible says that he was a handsome guy, looked a lot like me. Um, that's a joke, by the way. Um, and... <laughs> And uh, so anyway, Genesis chapter 45, verse 4 through 11. And then, then, then Joseph, it says, um, he was put in prison um, because Potiphar's wife said he tried to rape me. Basically, what the, I'm just trying to paraphrase all this. Goes to prison. He's in prison. And he finally he goes through a lot of things in the prison. The Bible even says that he even ministered to people that were in the prison. He didn't think about himself. He thought about others, even while he was in prison. And... Uh, and then he tried to make a way for himself, and he told, you know, when he interpreted the dreams, he said, remember, you know, remember me when you get before Pharaoh. God forgot about him, you know, everybody been forgotten, you know, and he was like, golly, I'm disappointed. And finally, one day he gets elevated to that position because he was able to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. And so here he is, he's second in command, Joseph, so I'm just real paraphrase real quick what's going on. And now there's a famine in the land, and they're actually two years into this famine, and all of a sudden, here comes Joseph's family, his brothers, to him. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing before we get in this, and I'm going to share this here in a little bit again. But when we're in this season that we're going into, guys, and this is for every season, I understand, but this is very important. I don't know. The Holy Spirit's been impressing upon me. It is so imperative during this season that you walk in forgiveness. Joseph forgave his brothers. Now, he was in power. He could have he said, nope, I ain't helping you. Y'all go back out there and just die, all of you, just like you threw me in the, in the pit. No, he didn't do that. The Bible says he forgave them, and it opened a door 
the, the door, this door that I'm talking about, the Goshen blessing today, was open because a man chose, one man chose to walk in forgiveness. All right, so I'll just, just let you know that before we read Genesis chapter 40, Genesis 45, starting in verse 4. Okay, it says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near, and then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. But listen to this, how, how spiritually mature Joseph was. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. How did he know that? It was through a dream that God gave to Pharaoh, and he interpreted it. In verse 7, and God told him administratively how to take care of all of Egypt, and even his, his own family was involved in that. Verse 7 says, and God sent before you, sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. Listen, you mean God did this? Okay, God, all of this that Joseph went through was father filtered. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. Everybody say Goshen. And you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household, uh, lest you and your household that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. Joseph in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of Jesus. All right, so I just want to get that out there for you. There's a, five lessons that I'm going to give you about Joseph. This is, even, this is before we ever get in the meat of the message, all right? I just told you about the first one. This man walked in forgiveness. He forgave when he had the power not to, but he chose to forgive his brothers. He understood what God was doing behind the scenes when he got sold into slavery when he was just a teenager. Now he's about 30 years old here. Number two... And this is something else that went through Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, he was a little prideful. He's a little arrogant. He liked to talk about his dreams and all this stuff. And this stuff, he just talked all the time and made his brothers upset with him and all that. He's kind of matured by now. Isn't it amazing how age and experience does that to you? And life's hard knocks. And so number two, understand that it is about God, not you. Joseph finally got that revelation. It wasn't just about him being put up second in command, it was about him saving his family and a whole nation. Number three, it, that a really good thing about Joseph is he, un, he understood how to rely on the gift giver, which was God. When they talked about Joseph having this ability to interpret dreams, he says, no, God does it, not me. God does it. Number four, something about Joseph is he had a spirit of excellence, and that doesn't mean he was perfect. It just means he, he did the right thing at the right time, and he had integrity. It's a spirit of excellence. And then number five, preservation. He always he, he accepted the call to help others. It wasn't just his family. It was the whole nation of Israel. And so uh, those are things that we can learn from, from Joseph. Now, a little history on the land of Goshen. If you don't, if, have you ever heard of the land of Goshen? Have you ever heard this? In the, okay, we're... We're, um, 
<laughs> one of my jobs as a pastor, and this is the hard, hard part for a pastor, is I, Mark Ward and I were talking about this. The congregation is like a swimming pool, okay? There's a shallow end and a deep end, all right? And, and everybody's at different places in their walks with God. You got somebody that's out here in the deep end. They're ready to go. I'm ready to go scuba diving, pastor. And I'm like, well, I got some up here in the kiddie pool still, you know, and they're not ready yet. And so me as a pastor, I'm trying to, so we're getting kind of in some deep waters today, as I'm just telling you right now. But this is what the Spirit of God is doing. Because some of you are looking, I'm feeling a pushback up here and go, what is he talking about, Goshen? Where, where's Goshen at? All right, well, you're fixing to find out here in just a second. But it, I'm, I'm not talking just about a physical Goshen. I'm talking about a spiritual Goshen. All right, so we're going we're gonna to wade out into deeper water. Everybody ready? May put on a snorkel or two, okay, and look around. And so, yeah, and if you need help, I'll throw you a floaty, okay? Here we go. All right, so the land of Goshen is located in the eastern Nile, uh, in the eastern Nile Delta, is where in the Egypt Nile Delta, I mean, and that's where it's located at. So this land, and, and if I put a picture of it up there, that's supposedly the land of Goshen right there. So this land is very fertile in the midst of a desert climate, but it also has a very temperate climate. It's great for raising crops and different things, so it's a very fertile land. And that is the land that Joseph asked Pharaoh to give to his family. Joseph's taking care of his family, taking care of them. So Goshen is a given place. It's a prepared place. It's a protected place. It's a separated place. And Goshen was given to Joseph for the preservation of his family. And Joseph went through all he went through to lead his land, his family to the land of Goshen. That's why he went through everything he went through. And Joseph understood that, what God was doing. He understood spiritually what God was doing at that moment in time. So the Goshen blessing is not just a physical place, but also a spiritual principle. And so if you want to write this down, I encourage you to write this down and remember this. The Goshen blessing is a state of mind and a spiritual position. Joseph is, is a type and shadow of Jesus. Where did he say his family was? They were very near to him. Even though he was ruling over the known world at that time, but they were near to Joseph. So this land of Goshen is where you're, near to, you're very near to Jesus, and Jesus is taking care of you. That's where I want to be, by the way. So Goshen means drawing near or the best of the land. Goshen has become synonymous with the place of comfort and plenty, the Goshen blessing is a term used to describe the abundant provision of God, protection, and prosperity. I'm, I'm going to share something here, and I didn't, I didn't have this in my notes, but I just feel like I need to share it because I have some people here from California, and I'm not going to make them raise their hand and shout, I'm from California, and all this, because there's, there's more than one, so I'm not singling anybody out here this morning. But I've had the honor and the privilege of helping them as a realtor to make this transition from California to Oklahoma. And I want them, I want them to hear me say this, is I've, I've been noticing being a realtor that this is happening in our nation. There's lots of people moving from different states, and they're coming to the middle. I know spiritually God's up to something. I know that. It's not just political reasons. It's not just economic reasons. I know those might be some driving forces behind it, but there's just like the famine that wasn't. There's there's a God behind it that's taken care of. I knew before I even knew before all this was happening that I I'd often pray, God, why am I in Lady, Oklahoma? 
And God said, Mark, as the days, as the days approach of his coming, you're going to know why, and you're going to be very thankful. Yes. And I can tell you right now, I am very thankful that I'm in Oklahoma. And, but this, this influx that we're having of people from out of state, and it's not just happening here, it's happening all over the state. The reason, there, there's, there's spiritual reasons behind it. I believe that Oklahoma, and I'm going to say this, I believe that Oklahoma is a land of Goshen. I really do. For what's, and I don't know what's about to come. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor. But I also, but I, and I love people, but I do know this. I, I believe that Oklahoma is a land of Goshen. And people are moving here for protection. And it's not just political and economic reasons. And everybody said, amen. Okay, here's number one, talking about the Goshen blessing. This is, and some of you in here, when we read these things, you're going to find out, okay, this is exactly what the Holy Spirit's doing in my life. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for bringing me the word. And it's going to set you free. Because some of you are complaining and griping why I'm in a crisis and why discomfort is happening. It's because God's preparing you for the Goshen blessing. And so this is in Scripture, Genesis 45, verse 6 says, what we just read, Joseph told his family, for these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And he said, so this this discomfort, this crisis, got his family uh, to be able to move where they needed to be. Caused them to get out of their comfort zone. God's going to be causing a lot of you to get out of your comfort zones. Look at somebody say, you better get out of your comfort zone. I love this quote that I found, and it's some unknown person said it, but it's so powerful. He said, I had to make you uncomfortable, otherwise you never would have moved. And sometimes the Lord spiritually does those things in our lives. Sometimes the ways of God is that right there. I had to make you uncomfortable, otherwise you'd have never moved. And if you'll go to, I'm going to read this passage to you, and this is a passage I've been telling um, a lot of people here lately and telling to myself. It's John chapter 17. It's the prayer that Jesus prayed. And in verse 11, he says, Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep your... keep." Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Jump down to verse 14. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So there's a way to be in this world and not of it. And when you state of mind and spiritual position, you can live in a land of Goshen, while there's all kind of political and economic chaos in the world. You, in your mind and in your heart, can live in the land of Goshen. The land of Goshen is on a whole other spiritual timetable. It's just like I told you today, that today is the, the Hebrew New Year. We're not on the Roman calendar. Amen? We're not on this world's, we're not on this world's political system or this world's economic, economic system. If you believe that by faith. You'd be saying, well, and some of them be pushing back, well, it's really affecting me. Well, get in faith and get your mind right, renew your mind according to the word of God, get your spiritual position right in your heart, and know that you're living in the land of Goshen. All right, here's number two. Your sacrifice of praise empowers you to enter the Goshen blessing. Because when things are not going right and there's chaos and discomfort and all, and all that kind of stuff, the last thing you want to do is praise God. But you're going to have to learn how to bring this, the, the sacrifice of praise. Praise is spiritual warfare 101. 
It is. And Genesis 46, verse 28, the Bible says when his daddy, Jacob, got word what Joseph said, I want you to think about this, all right? And this, man, this really hit me. Is Jacob, you know, 12 sons of Israel, 12 tribes of Israel. And, you know, in my thinking, whenever Joseph said, you know, go tell dad to come and bring the family and bring everybody, um, I figured that Jacob would have sent for Joseph. Well, tell him to come and get us and take us to the land of Goshen. I think that's what I would have done as a dad because I'd been wanting to see him because I've been thinking he was dead all these years. I mean, he's alive. Go get him. Tell him to come. Go get him. Tell him to come here to me, you know, and that didn't happen. And then I thought, well, then as I was studying this, I was thinking, well, you know, in our culture, we'd have probably sent the oldest son. So the oldest son would have been Reuben. And even in the Jewish culture, they would send, you know, the oldest son had all the, the birthrights and everything. And I thought they should have sent Reuben. He was the oldest. And the Bible doesn't say that. It said he, Jacob, did, Jacob didn't call for Joseph to come see him, and he didn't send Reuben. Look at this. Then he sent Judah before him to Joseph. Yeah, there you go, Janice. Judah means praise. And he says, I want praise to go to Joseph first, always. And it's spiritual warfare 101, to point before him the way to Goshen. If you don't know which way is up or down or what direction God needs to take you, just stop what you're doing and just start praising God and worshiping God, and he'll get your feet in the right direction. And so to point before him the way to Goshen, and they came to the land of Goshen. Isn't that awesome? Now, I want to show you this principle, though. Just I'm going to try to prove this to you. It's not just there. It's in other places in Scripture. In Judges chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? And the Lord said, What? Judah shall go up. Praise shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. So Judah went up. Here's another one for you. Judges 20, verse 18. Then the children of Israel, excuse me, arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. And they said, which of us shall go first to battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, what did he say? Judah first. Praise first. It's all through the scripture. Second Chronicles 20, 21. We won't turn there, but it, re- it reads this. We read that King Jehoshaphat instructed singers to go out in front of the army, praising God and giving him thanks. Singing and giving thanks may not feel like the thing to do during a crisis, but it's exactly what we need to do. It may not be the thing that you want to do when you're in a battle or in a fight, but it's just the thing that you need to do. It's spiritual warfare 101. That's what causes God to show up. That's what causes the Holy Spirit to show up. That's what causes angels to show up on your behalf. Everybody wants some uh, marriage counseling this morning? How many married people we got in here this morning? Okay, I got to throw in a little marriage counseling Psalms, as a pastor. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. When Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6, he flipped the script because he said the first thing you need to do is praise God and worship God, not tell him all of your needs. So if you want to change your prayer life up, 
first thing you need to start doing, he wants to hear about your needs too. I'm not saying he's a good father. But the first thing he wants you to do is worship him and praise him. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And I want to tell you, when you do that, when you flip the script, how Jesus taught us to pray, when you start doing that in your own life, in your own household, in your own marriage, in your own family, you're gonna, what, what happens is, is you bring the kingdom of God into your circumstances. You usher in the kingdom. And, if you, and here's, here's my marriage counseling for you. If you want to bring the, the, the kingdom of God into your marriage, say thank you to your spouse and say it often. To the point where you think, I have said it enough. We'll say it again. And I have started, and I'm, I'm telling you something that I have started doing. You can, Jade is my witness, all right, that I've started doing in my own marriage. And because there's a lot of things us guys and even ladies too that we take for granted. And especially this is the people, we'll say thank you to a stranger, but we won't say thank you to the people that are in our own house. And so when I started saying thank you to Jada a lot for cooking dinner, for cleaning the house, just little bitty things, it just, it just brings the kingdom of God into your marriage. It binds you together like spirit, soul, and body. Amen? All right. Look at somebody say thank you right now, especially if you're sitting by your spouse. All right. The sacrifice of praise. Sometimes you're going to have to talk to yourself. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 2. I love this about King David. He was, you know, down in the dumps, depressed, all anxiety. We can use all the words we've got today for it. And finally, he just said, you know what? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know what he's doing? He's talking to himself. If you'd have heard him, you'd have thought he was crazy when he wrote that and was saying that. But he is talking to himself. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Sometimes Pastor Mark's not going to be there or somebody else isn't going to be there to encourage you and you're going to have to learn how to talk to yourself. Sometimes you need to talk to your own soul. Sometimes you need to tell your soul to shut up and let your spirit man start praising and worshiping God. Amen? All right. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And I'm going to tell you what, when God knows that it's a sacrifice, I don't, I don't understand it, but it's a, it's a sweet aroma to him. When he knows that, man, they are going through something right now, but they're choosing not to get mad at me, and they're choosing to worship me. All right, here's number three. Everybody learning something today about the Goshen blessing? Here's something else about the Goshen blessing. The Goshen blessing requires separation. And so what that means is, is we need to be different than the world, people. If we're, if we're going to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to look different, act different, talk different. There ought to be a distinction that God's hand is upon that person. When, when Joseph was in, he was in Egypt, yet he never worshipped their gods but he was in Egypt, and he was distinct. There was a spirit of excellence upon him. People knew. I mean, even if they didn't want to worship his God, they just knew he's a man of God. I mean, there, when he says stuff, stuff happens, and it's not just because he's in second command. I mean, the dude can interpret God's dreams, and he's taking care of all of us and all this. And I'm like, Lord, I want the spirit of Joseph to rest upon me. I want it to rest upon all of us. But what that spirit is is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
And, but he was, he was in the world. Listen to this. Joseph was second in command. He was in the world, but he wasn't of it. But he knew how to minister and operate in the world. Gen- and I'm going to show you this in, with Goshen. Genesis 43, verse 32. So as they set him a place by himself, and then by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. The Egyptians hated the Hebrews. You know what? And God allowed it to happen, and God said, that's okay, because they're separate from you. The world, separate. The Egyptians were representing the world and, God, and God's people. They're separate. They're separated. It's okay if everybody don't want to hang out with you. Amen? Genesis 46, verse 34 says that you shall say you, your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth, even to now both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. That's okay. We'll just raise, sheep in the land, raise our sheep in the land of Goshen. We don't need you guys. Right? The, the Egyptians didn't like They said, we're not going to eat with them. They're, they stink. They're around sheep all the time. And, and we want them in the land of Goshen. We don't even want them around us. And God was like, that's okay. Because, and here's the reason. There's always a spiritual reason behind it. And I've often thought that, I, you know, if I'd have been a Hebrew back in the day, I'd been like, God, I want to eat what they eat, you know. And they, they got better lives up there in Egypt than we do, even though they, they had it all in the land of Goshen. You know how we compare ourselves to other people all the time. But um, the, the, Egyptian, or the, the Hebrew people didn't do that. And the reason why, but behind the scenes, God was saying this. I don't, the reason why I don't want you to go into Egypt is because I don't want their gods to become your God. I'm keeping you separate for a reason. There, there's some things going on in your life right now that you're wondering why God is separating you from some people. That's the reason. He doesn't want what's on them to get on you. Amen? And, you're like, and then you say, well, then mark how we're going to affect the world by being distinct. You're going to reach some. You're not going to reach all. I can tell you that right now. We're going to reach some, and I want to reach all that we can, but we're not going to be able to, we're not going to do it by tolerating what they do and joining them. We're going to do it by being distinct. And they're going to see how good our God is. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Sometimes blessing, the Goshen blessing, requires separation, and separation precedes elevation and promotion. What you think right now, where you're sitting at right now, where you're sitting at, you're thinking, I have just gone through a loss, I'm grieving. What you have went through is really a gain if you let the Holy Spirit work it out. You think you lost a friend, you think you lost a job, a career, but the Lord is positioning you for a promotion for elevation okay it's my birthday okay and so I've got to tell a poppy story that just made me proud this week um, so I have a grandson you saw him run up here the last of the prayer got his blessing and went out okay um, but this week it was spirit week at their school at Bircham Elementary and he's already got how many Bir- he's gotten three Bircham Braggs this is pretty cool because I want to say this for Leedy. Leedy needs to adopt this. In, in their elementary, when a kid is really behaving right and doing good and everything, they give him a, what, at his school, it's Bircham Elementary, so he gets a Bircham brag. 
and it's pretty cool. So he's gotten like three, I think, so far, and he's just working hard every day to get a birch and brag, you know, and he'll come home, and he'll be disappointed, and he'll say, I didn't get one today, Mom. And, and of course, Tay's like, well, they don't give them out every day, you know. Just keep doing your best, and you'll get one. Well, this week was Spirit Week, and he did great every day, but there was one day that he said, I'm not doing it, Mama, and it was the day it was wrong side out day where you had to wear your clothes wrong side out. He said, I ain't doing it. And so mom had a talk with him and said, okay, here's the deal. Everybody else in your class is going to have their clothes wrong side out, and I just want you to know that. If you choose to wear yours right side out, that's cool. You can do that. But I just want you to know everybody in your class is going to be wrong side out today. And this is what he said. He said, mom, I don't want to see that. (laughs) And she said, well, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. And so, but he still chose to go to school with uh, his, his clothes right side out, all right? So Taya calls me, tells me a story, and we all laugh about it, you know. And I think I was, I was on the road when she called me. I was driving in my pickup. And uh, I got off the phone, and I had to, the Lord really rebuked me in a loving way because the first thing that crossed my mind was this. I was like, oh, my God, my grandson's got OCD, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, or we put our, and, and the Lord rebuked me real lovingly and said, no, Mark, he's being a leader. And at the age of four, peer pressure isn't getting to him. And so you need to be thanking me for that. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, guys, it's okay to be dis- distinct. It's okay, it's okay not to join the world. All right? It's better to be distinct than to tolerate and join the world. And everybody said, because that's how we're going to win this last day harvest. When they, they, we have this distinction that the God of Israel is upon those people. All right, here's number four. Number four. Well, let me read these scriptures real quick. The, the last two. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 16 through 18. New Testament scripture about separation it says, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And here's number four. The Goshen blessing requires a mental shift. And I've already talked about that is that we walk by faith, not by sight. It's a state of mind. It's a spiritual position in your heart. This is Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This takes renewing your mind to what I'm talking about today. Hebrews 4, 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you're going to have to mix your faith with this word today for it to work for you. You can sit here and listen to this word and walk out of here and it not change you. But if you mix your faith with it, it can change you. It can change your spiritual position. So walk by faith and not by sight. Here's number five. The Goshen blessing is miracles of distinction, which I've already been talking about, deliverance, divine defense, and protection. And I love this. When they were in the land of Goshen, when the plagues began, 
It says, And in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, in order that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land. They didn't experience the plagues. I don't know how God did it, but the Bible says that there was darkness on the land, but they didn't get dark in in the land of Goshen. That was one of the plagues. Exodus 9, verse 26, it says, Only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were, there was no hell. Held everywhere else, but not there. And if you'll read this story, when I was studying this, when I read this, you know, we think of hell here in you know, western Oklahoma. and you know, we get the, the Bible distinctly says that this hell was mixed with fire. I mean, was, I mean, that's something bizarre, which you've never seen before. It happened everywhere in Egypt, but only in the land of Goshen did it not happen. So the Goshen blessing is miracles of distinction, deliverance, divine defense, and protection. Um, there's so much I could say here. I mean, there was such a distinction upon the, the children of Israel, even when they wandered in the wilderness, the Bible says their clothes didn't wear out. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> Jay's like, no, I like my wardrobe. I want more than one change of clothes. I want them to wear out. No, and so, I mean, it's just it, the miracles that happened, the distinction that was on God's people, and God's wanting, us, wanting that to happen in this season for us if we will believe for it. And when that happens, there's going to be people coming to the body of Christ. It's going to win people into the kingdom of God. Not because we say we tolerate what you do or anything like that. It's because they see a distinction upon us and they want to get delivered and set free and become a child of God. People are going to know that you have been with Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So here's number six of the Goshen blessing. And I want to go back and read something. So let's go back to Psalms 91 because I told you to turn there and I need to read this to you. Um, I need to read this over us. I'm not just going to tell you to go home and read it because I know how that works as your pastor. Okay, Psalms 91. I want to read this over you guys because this psalm pretty much sums up the land of Goshen. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrows that fly by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I pray that over us a lot, over Jade and I and our family. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. That's talking about your spiritual authority. Verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the land of Goshen. That's the Goshen blessing right there. All right, here's number six. We're going to close with this one. Number six is the Goshen blessing is supernatural favor, provision, fruitfulness, and multiplication. 
This is in Genesis 47, verse 27. says, So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. It's amazing that in the land of Goshen is where Israel became a nation. Verse, or Exodus 3, verse 21, it says, and, and I will give this people, this is right before their deliverance and as they travel to the promised land, God says, and I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. Meaning the Egyptians gave them all their gold and all their wealth. And I believe in this season that we're entering, there's going to be a wealth transfer for those that are righteous. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Everybody learning something this morning? Okay, can I show two more slides to you? All right, these are the 12 benefits of the Goshen blessing. Like I said, I'll send this to anybody that wants to just give me your email address. But the 12 benefits of the Goshen blessing, and like I said, it's a state of mind. It's a spiritual position in your heart. It's living near to Jesus. You're drawing near to him. You're going to be living in this Goshen blessing. You're going to have safety, supernatural provision, miracles, growth and increase, divine guidance, protection, spiritual growth, encountering the presence of God, learning to trust God, drawing closer to God, experiencing God's peace, and being part of a community. Because need, we need each other. And we're going to see more and more of that as these, as these last days that we're living in. We need a church. You need a church family. You need a body of believers. You need people to encourage you. And that is the Goshen blessing. Everybody learned something today? All right. I want everyone to bow your heads in here this morning. Nothing really spiritual about that. I just want you to uh, focus on you and your your relationship with the Lord. And I do this every Sunday here at the church uh, because we have different ones come through these doors every Sunday. We have different ones that listen online. We have different ones that listen to this on the radio. And I want the honor and the privilege of leading you in a prayer, and I call this the prayer of salvation because the Bible says in Romans 10, it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's all you have to do is just call upon the name of the Lord from a repentant heart and you shall be saved. And then your next step of obedience after you do that is following the Lord in water baptism, and we can do that next Sunday if you'd like to do that. But I want the honor and privilege of leading you in this prayer. And if you're here today and you know you are saved, you know that you are a child of God, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God, and you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Everybody ready to walk in the Goshen Blessing? All right. I want everybody to stand up. And uh, if you're standing there with family, I want you to join hands with them. I'd like for my family to come up here. And uh, Taya, come up here and Cameron, join hands there with Judy. And uh, I'm going to speak this blessing over all of us today. <clears throat> now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. 
May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hug somebody's neck and say, You're, you just received the Goshen blessing. Goshen blessing. Amen. amen.